youth are vanity. And then chapter 12, verse 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh. When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Now I'm going to read from the Message Bible. It's a, a more, if you like, um, paraphrased version that you would understand much easily. All right. Now it says here, you are young. As you who are young, make the most of your youth. Somebody say amen. It says, those of who are young, make the most of your youth. Relish your youthful vigor. Follow the impulses of your heart. If something looks good to you, pursue it. Wow. But know also that not just anything goes. You have to answer to God for every last bit of it. Live footloose and fancy free. You won't be young forever. Youth lasts about youth lasts about as long as smoke then verse um, chapter 12 verse 1 honor and enjoy your creator while you are still young before the years take their toll and your vigor wanes all right may the lord add his blessing the reading of his holy word somebody say amen beautiful now i believe that this morning for those of you who had made the time to come to respond to a little invitation to be here and to um, um, have a little time with us. I really appreciate your time because there are so many full of opportunities and options. There's things that you could be doing today. Some of you slept late last night because maybe you're watching a useless movie. And then so, but you managed to wake up and come here. That is good. You made an effort to be here. Some of you had washings to do. You have to wash your clothes. Some of you have, you, you have got to play football or basketball ball or there are so many options that you were you, you you could be involved with but somehow you have made the effort to be here so that is an appreciable step you've taken to be here and we thank god for your lives amen so now bible is making us to see like i said very very briefly so listening uh, attentively bible is making us to see and that to understand that the Bible says, young man, enjoy your youth. Be happy with your life. Enjoy the youthfulness of your life. Hello? Hello? All right. And all that is rejoice as a young man. Now, it's a blessing to be young. You should have said amen. It's a blessing to be young. I'm telling you, the pressures of life on a young person are different from the person of life on a good enough person like he said i'm, I'm actually a grandfather although i look young <laughs> what a shock you know um listen all right and uh, my son is married and has a child and then my and then my son is also and that son is also getting married in a few weeks time and, and I'm, I'm privileged i was in university um in, I was in level 100 or first year, as you say, in those days, in 19, what was it? 
1983, 82. That's when I was in first year university. And um, I finished, uh, of course, it's a five year course, so I finished. Uh, there was one year of strike and demonstration, like it happens all the time in 1987. Yeah, thereabouts. Okay. So I just want to say what you said, I've said there before, by the grace of God. Amen. And uh, the, the, the precious that we have, the, the precious of life. I can always remember when I was going to when I was going to university. You know, I don't come from a, a rich family. I come from a humble background. You know, it's always better to say humble than poor. Humble is more diplomatic than poor. So don't say you're poor, but say I'm from a humble background. It's better that way. It's a better presentation. What do you think? I'm from a humble background, and I'm saying that. Uh, when I was going to university first year, my clothes were packed in an empty milk carton because my mother could not afford to buy me clothes, to buy a suitcase for me to pack my clothes in them. So I'm sure that as I'm talking, you see that you are better than me, isn't it? Your condition is better than me. Anyway, I went to university, got my house, I was given a room and all that, hung my clothes in my room and, and all that. One day, a young lady came and uh, I was a member of this Christian fellowship and all that. Now, a lady came to me and she was very sad because she said that when she was coming to school, her father was upset with her. So her father didn't give her enough pocket money. So I asked her, how much did your father give you? That you are so sad. I said, she gave me, he gave me only $500. That the father was sad. So give her $500 father was unhappy with her that was it and i began to tell her my story and when i told her how i came because i didn't come with more than 20 dollars equivalent so when i was telling her my story then she began to cry and i said why are you crying she said i'm crying for you and i said don't cry for me I am not crying myself. I'm happy to be serving the Lord. But I want to say that through the struggles I went through, of course, I met Christ. I gave my heart to Him, serving Him. I was following Him and all that. Through all the struggles I had, I had Christ in my life. And Christ made a difference in my life. Somebody say, Amen. And all the challenges and the ups and downs of life, which is normal for everybody, no matter your background, no matter where you, your, your family education background and all that, you're going to have challenges. For all the challenges I had, I, I want to thank God that I had a good foundation, the foundation of Christ. And I want to challenge all of us sitting here this morning, in this short time, that you see, there is a foundation that we need to have one day um, and every house you build it's important that you're going to live in that house i remember a story of a man who um, was a builder this man had built many houses so he was traveling and he was going abroad because he had built he was now in his getting to his 70s and he was tired of building so he called his uh, former he advisor of all his projects that he has worked with for 40 years and he told him he said that sir i'm traveling we've built many houses we've built so many buildings i'm tired i want to build my last house 
And then when I build it, and I finish building this last house, I'll go, I'll retire. I will not build anymore. So he gave me a lot of money and he said, build the best house you've ever built. He gave me a beautiful design and he said, build it. Build the best house you've ever built because this is our last house. And he said, after this building, we are not going to build anymore. So he traveled abroad, gave him so much money. And the guy started building. He went to buy material, building materials and cement and uh, um, the tiles and all that and so on. The man told him that build the best, the most quality building because this is our last house. Our last building. So the, he, he, this, this man realized that this is, is the last of Chief, where are you going? Are you tired? Are you going away? We are going to be ending shortly. Don't, don't, don't go yet. All right. So now he said that since it is the last how building you are building, this foreman, this officer said, I've got to make as much money as I can because after this building, my boss is retiring and I will not have the chance to make much money. So you know what he did? This man, instead of buying very quality materials, he went to buy China-made products. The door locks were poor, shoddy. He, the tiles he bought, he bought Italian tiles. He bought tiles from, from other places, China and Pakistan, and possibly Afghanistan. I mean, he bought all these type of very, very poor quality products. Because he wanted to make, if the man, assuming the man gave him one million dollars, he said, let me make so much money, as much as I can. So he bought so cheap material, but with the untrained eye, if your eye is not trained, you will not see that this material, this uh, building thing was not good. You only see it's shiny door locks and the tiles all look polished and shiny, but the things were very shoddy. Just in a really short time, it's going to, it's going to the cement that was mixed with the sand, he made so much sand so that it, will not, it was not going to last. The, the ceiling was poor, the roofing was not good quality roofing. He, he was cutting corners to make as much. Do you, understand, do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. If you understand, give me a wave if you understand. Beautiful. Now, he, he, he was making making so much, he wanted to make so much money. So he finished the building, it looked beautiful, it looked gorgeous, it looked glamorous. Now everybody who could see the building um, from afar saw the building as a very beautiful building. If you're not a builder, it looked attractive. You wanted to get close to it, you wanted to really admire it. So when the man came from abroad and he said, you really expect what you have done. So they went on inspection on tour. They went from the bathroom, from one bathroom to the other bathroom, to the kitchen and to the master bedroom, to all the bedrooms. A beautiful looking building. And everybody was looking for this professor who built it and hailing him. What a beautiful job. What a beautiful job. And after clapping, this professor was laughing within himself that if we don't know that the materials I used were very bad, within three years, everything will crumble. But they were, they, they were clapping for him and hailing him. After the inspection, the owner took the keys of the house and called us and said, come, come. For 40 years of working for me, this house is your reward. 40 years of working for me, this house is your reward for, for working for me. The man almost collapsed. 
Why did he almost cry? Because he, if he knew that he was going to live in that building, he would have built it very well. But he thought that he was building for somebody. You know, I want to tell everybody here that the house you build, you live, you live in it. Be careful how you build your house. Somebody say amen. Tell you never be careful how you build your house. But what I'm saying to all of you is that look, as young people, as you want to push on and push it and do well, you're studying medicine, you're studying pharmacy, you're studying uh, architecture, archaeology, you're studying all sorts of subjects, and all are beautiful. But I want to tell all of us that there's a foundation that we need to build, and there's a house that we need to build. And at the end of the day, the way we build our house is the, the type of house we build is what we are going to live in. What house are you building? What type of building are you constructing? What sort of, are you building a good foundation? You know, I can always remember when I was going to form one secondary school, my mother, God bless her lovely heart, she told me that my son, as you go to school, you're going to learn many subjects, you know how the family you come from, and all that, be careful. You're going to make many friends. You're going to relate to so many people. And my mother told me, she gave me a Bible, and she said, for all the friends you make, and for all the subjects you learn, Never forget this book because it will be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Bless God for mothers. Mothers are angels. I said mothers are angels. I didn't say fathers are devils. <laughs> now you see, bless God. I didn't understand at that time. My mother told me that for all the secrets I learned and for all the friends I make, I should never forget the Bible. And I held on to the Bible. I ran with the Bible. I Bible. I can always remember my friends and I can never finish telling the story of how I went on and from one from two from finished school, went on to another school to do my A-levels and went on to university. I didn't see many of my friends for a long time, but I'm glad for the foundation that God gave me. May you have a solid foundation. Can I have a loud amen? Sometimes the friends you fall into, the hands of the people you fall, influences that we have. Now, like Reverend E.J. said at the beginning, you see, nothing happens by chance. You are not sitting here by chance. You are sitting here because God wanted you to be here. You didn't plan to be here originally. You have other things to do. So if you are really looking at your time, wanting me to hurry, I'm going to hurry. But I'm telling you that sitting here and listening to me here is not accidental. It's divine. It's divine. And you must see the divine hand of God in all that you are doing. That as you are sitting here today, God wants you to be here. And hear me say what I'm saying to you this Saturday morning, 28th of August, 2021. It is divine. And if you can embrace what I'm saying, it's going to change your life forever. Somebody say amen. It's going to affect your life forever. I am so grateful to God for the people I met along the journey of life. I've met good people. I met. I remember. I met one senior in school who was so kind to me, and he taught me the Bible, led me to Christ along the path of life. I've met so many people who have influenced my life. I want to tell everybody. Like as you journey as a young person, rejoice as a young person. Let your heart cheer you up. Do whatever you want to do. You are you are free now. When you are home, there's so much restriction. You are in school, you can do you can sleep as long as you want. You can do whatever you want. You can go to lectures if you want to go. If you don't feel like going, you can sleep. All of it's up to you. But at the end of the day, at the end of the journey, Bible says that you shall be brought to judgments. Can I have an amen? 
Now that is important. I always remember years ago, as preaching in investing in Ghana, one of the like uh, Saturday morning like this, as preaching, and a, a students have gathered and were listening to me, but the others were standing outside, and as they passed by, they made cat calls, they made they ridiculed us, they made fun of us, and so on. Now I wanted to know that your life is not in your own hands; your life is in the hands of Almighty God. You should have said Amen. Am I talking to you here? One great boom, and then it's gone. I'm telling you, these guys were sitting, turn were sitting by, like uh, the wall you see there. They were sitting by, and they were having fun, they were smoking, and, and just having fun and making fun of us and all that. Few hours after I finished preaching, three of them went, one took their father's car, driving out there, and so on, going visit some get friends somewhere. On the way, they were descending a hill when the car rolled over. Two died on the spot. And one escaped without a scratch. Now you see, there are three friends. Two died suddenly. One was then when nothing happened to the third one. Now when I when I heard it, I was shocked because I remember clearly. I saw their faces. I even to try to invite, they didn't even respond to invitation. Now sometimes life tells you, you don't know what life has ahead of you. You don't know what is going to befall you. Now you see three of them. Two passed on. One stayed. So who is going to be spared? Nobody knows. Now that you have the Bible says. That's what I'm saying. That remember your Creator. Remember your Creator in the days when you were young, before things get out of control. Can I have an amen? In Nigeria, everybody wants to be rich. Everybody wants to do well, and it's a blessing. And God is going to make you rich. Now you are saying amen. <laughs> your amen is louder than ever. No, we are going to get good jobs. You finish university with a good degree, first class and second upper, by the grace of God. Our three sons, one's a medical doctor, he topped his whole class when he finished school. The second one is a lawyer, he had a first class in law. The third one just finished his master's, he had, a, he had first class in master's, by the grace of God. You have a very good class in Jesus' name. Say amen. Now you see, I'm saying that all of it is good ambition, good desire. You want to, but at the end of the day, as you carry on with your educational and lawyers, and you want to achieve this and achieve that, and all those type of things, I want you to know that God must have His first place in your life. Nothing can take the place of God. Somebody say Amen. Nothing. Chemistry, uh, law. Physics, medicine, pharmacy, uh, sociology, philosophy can never take the you can never be too busy to give God a place in your life. Never, never be too busy. I met people one day, I met a very rich man, wealthy man. He showed me the watch he was wearing. The watch was about sixty thousand dollars. The watch, your watches. 600 naira. What a shock. This watch was $60,000. I met him in Panama. He told me how three times he has tried to commit suicide. Rich, wealthy man. Wealthy man. Very prosperous. But he was not content with life. He was a depressed person. You see, money is not everything, but God is everything. You should have shouted Amen. God is everything. I tell you, I met a man in 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 uh, 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 in Australia. He 
was not well. So his wife took me to go and talk to, uh, to go and pray for him in the hospital. He had leukemia. Now, as he lay on the bed, and then I went to talk to him, uh, he was actually sitting, and he had a saucer, a little plate, and um, holding it like this. The nurse was holding it. And blood was oozing from his nose. That his blood has become so liquid, like water, and coming out. And you, after a short while, the the plate will be full. You take it away, and all that. And so, so pray for him. But I felt a certain resistance that he was not so keen on prayer. So I took the wife aside and said, "What's wrong with this man?" And he told me. She told me. Said, "Bishop, my husband was brought up in a good home." Many of you are brought up in good homes. Your parents, your mother especially, pray for a kid for you. He said, my, 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 my husband's parents were elders in their church. They brought us, they brought him up. But when we moved to Australia, he said they want money. He pushed God out of his life. He says, church no more, God no more. I'm not interested. All I want is to make money. And later on, we can serve God. Later on, when we grow and we are done and we are finished, then there will be time. But this time, I want to make money. Listen, if you are sitting here, don't tell yourself that I'm here to study and later on I'll serve God. You don't know how life is going to end up. Can I talk to somebody here? I'm ending in the next three minutes. Now listen. So now this guy, the wife was telling me that, look, she, when she goes to church, sometimes the husband will lock her out to sleep in the cold weather. Because it's like, forget about church and, and all these type of things. And he started telling stories about church and pastors and all these type of things. And all that. Until one day, he began to feel unwell. One day. Somebody say one day. I didn't hear you say one day. Just one day, he felt unwell. And he went to the hospital. And the doctors examined him. And when the doctor came back, said, I have bad news for you. Now, what is the news? You know, can I tell you a story? What? And then I'll come back to this one. A, doctor, a young man went to see a doctor. And the doctor examined him and said, I have two messages for you. One is bad news and one is worse. Which one do you want first? Worse and bad. Which one will you choose? One is worse, one is bad. Which one will you choose? Uh, first. You want the worst one? Well, the man said he want bad news first before the worst. So the bad news, the doctor said, well, you're supposed to, you have 24 hours to live. That's the bad news. The man was shocked. So what is the worst one? What can be worse than 24 hours? You know what the doctor said? He said, I should have told you this yesterday. Do you get it? You have 24 hours to live. That is bad. And the worst is that I should have told you this yesterday. That means that the man is a dead man already. Just a few hours to live. What a shock. Anyway, so I'm saying to you that this gentleman one day went to the hospital. Dr. Exam said, I have bad news for you. What is the news? You have leukemia. Blood. Your, 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 your blood is your blood is infected. And there's no cure. So this man had houses because he told his wife, we came to make money, and he had made money. The wife told me, my husband had built houses. All of them are finished. Beautiful houses, beautiful cars, and all that. But today, he's sleeping on a borrowed bed. 
The bed is sleeping on the hospital was borrowed. Meanwhile, he had bought beds in his houses, but he didn't have the privilege and honor and of sleeping in the beds that he had bought himself. My friend, let me tell you something as you end this little service. That listen, bless God for your strength, bless God for your life, bless God for your ability to move up and down, bless God for all that you have, your intelligence, your skill, and your friends, and all that you have. But never let anything take the place of God in your life. Can I have an amen? Never, 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 never. Look, for the 46 years I've been born again, I've served God. God has never harmed me. I've had my challenges. I've had my difficulties. But I will, if I have my life to live again, I'll give God the best time of my life. Can I have an amen? God will never bring you down. God will never destroy you. Serving God will never decrease you. Serving God will not make you get a third class or fail. Serving God will make you excel rather. I see an excellence very coming upon your life. Shout amen. No, never tell yourself that it's a waste of time to go to church. It's a waste of time to read my Bible. It's a waste of time to pray. It's a waste of time to serve God. Serving God is a privilege. Nobody can take the place of God in your life. Hallelujah. A little girl was playing the keyboard. She was careful at playing. But this particular day, as she was hitting the keys and reading the notes, there was no sound. Nobody could hear the music. The music wasn't coming up. And the girl threw her hands in the air with exasperation. She said, What am I doing wrong? Am I not reading the right notes? Am I not hitting the right keys? How come there is no music? Sometimes. Progress. Beautiful. This is your chair. We are ending now. Say, Daddy, sometimes we seem to be reading the right notes and hitting the right keys. But the music in our lives is missing. Today, may God bring music back into your life. May your life sound with vibrancy. May your life sound with strength and expectation. May Christ rule and reign in your life. Somebody shout amen. I'm going to pray with all of us here today. And I'm going to pray for two things. First of all, some of you have been Christians. Some of you, you've used to serve God seriously. But you discover that over the past, yes, since this pandemic, nobody knows how it's going to end. As they say that the numbers are going up, people are agitated. Are they going to close down the university again? We are tired of this thing. What is going to happen? We are so uncertain. The only certain thing in life is God. I'm telling you. Nobody knew when this when this lockdown started. I was out of the country just when I arrived. The following day, they said this, the following week they said it was a lockdown, and that was it. Now, let's nobody know the future. That is why I I want you to commit your life into the hands of somebody who is in charge of the future. Say Amen. Who will lead you? Who will direct you? Who will bless you? I'm going to ask those of you who used to serve God, but you discover that your life has gone away from God. You are not taking God as seriously as you ought to. Now, preaching is like a bother and nonsense to you. Preaching is like rubbish. Today, I came here to talk to you and to, to tell you to be reconciled to God and to come back and make God the Lord of your life. You have never taken God seriously in your life. You've never made the commitment of making Him the Lord and Savior of your life. Today is an opportunity. 
like wherever he just said we came from house and we decided to come and just have a little fellowship with you because we can we sat I've sat where you sit I've sat on it just like you I've been a student just like you for five years. I sat in the same in, in, in university. I was taught by lectures and all that and so on. At the end of the day, I can relate to your challenges, but I want to challenge you today that for all you have, for all you get, get Christ. Life without Christ is a losing game. It's a losing game. It's a losing game. But I challenge you today. You can take a decision. You can say, Lord, I'm taking you seriously. I'm giving my heart to you and I'm making the Lord of my life. Stand to your feet, everybody. I'm going to pray for you and also pray for your future as well. That God will guide you. God will bless you. God will bless you. Hallelujah. I want you to close your eyes with me wherever you are standing. Don't hurry. Just eyes with me very briefly. And I'm going to ask you, first of all, to make a decision. Make a decision of turning over your life to Jesus. Make a decision of making Jesus the Lord of your life. There's a devil out there who has a plan. But if you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the devil's plan will never succeed in your life. Today, this moment, maybe you used to come to church, but you used to serve God, but your desire for God has waned, has gone down, and, and you've lost interest and excitement. Today, this moment, you want to reconcile to God. Say, Lord, I want to take it seriously. I don't want my cause, I don't want my investing education to take away my desire for God. I want to serve you the rest of my life. If you're here this moment, you want to say, Bishop, I need God in my life. I want to turn over my life completely to Him. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Lift up your right hand and I shall pray with you. Lift up your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. Just keep it up. I see your hand. Don't be shy. Just lift your hands up. I see your hands. Lift it up high. The right hand. Lift it up high. Don't look at it. Get close to your eyes. You are here to Bishop, I want to take God seriously in my life. I want to serve you. I want to follow him. Lift up your right hand. And I'll pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Your right hand. You want to say, Lord, I that today you rule and reign now. Now, what will you say to me? Every one of you, your hand is up, your hand is up. Join me and say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father. Say, Lord, Heavenly Father. This Saturday morning, I give my heart to you. I make Jesus the Lord of my life. I turn over my life to Jesus. Come into my heart. Help me to serve you. Help me follow you the rest of my life. From today, I am yours. 
and you are mine. So today, 